This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. You want to know what the highlight of my day was yesterday? The highlight of my day yesterday was the free advice I got from the uh, governor-elect, Pennsylvania governor-elect, Josh Shapiro's father, my daughter's doctor, gave me a little free medical advice. Can you believe that? Very welcome, by the way. Not directly to me. I wasn't there. I didn't go to the doctor's appointment. I don't usually do that with my daughter. I don't know why I don't, Uh, because she's a girl, I guess. I don't know. It's a male doctor, interestingly. I don't know how long that'll last or if it matters. I don't know. Maybe I should inquire how this all works so I know. But either way, the governor-elect, who I voted against, spoke against, and strongly believe is going to be horrible for this state, and look at that. The olive branch ascended. Anyway, I'm not going to horse around with that too long. I thought it was interesting, though, right? What are the chances... What are the chances that the uh, governor of Pennsylvania would probably uh, no less be in the same room with me, let alone speak to me? But his dad is a fantastic pediatrician. Uh, you know, it's an amazing world we live in, really. It's a little strange today doing a podcast that I don't know if anybody is listening. Uh, I don't know if, if this is going to get out. Maybe this is a little hiccup, but I have a bad feeling. Something doesn't seem right. Uh, I took a couple of days off last week, uh, impromptu, and but I was back on Monday. And uh, I went to listen to the podcast on Monday morning, which I don't frequently do. Normally, I wouldn't even know that this was going on. I've, in the past, I've had to ask you guys. The first time I've witnessed it, for, I, can't, I can't get the most recent episode. It doesn't download. I went to Apple Podcasts. I went to Overcast. I went to Google Podcasts. Not on any of them. I came in from mobile. I came in from desktop. I came in from different IP addresses. The RSS feed isn't being fed out, if you have any idea what I'm talking about. Why would that be? You can listen on Blog Talk Radio where it's hosted. They got to direct everybody there now. You know, I've been saying for a while, I I mean, my belief is that the, the podcast is being shadow banned probably in ways and degrees that we don't know. But there's little doubt in my mind. You know, I mentioned a few weeks back the little email I got from YouTube. Oh, that's strike one, Big Chris. Rummaging back through some old, I haven't even posted anything on YouTube. There's no activity on YouTube. What does that tell you? I'm not running any ads. It's not an advertising channel that they were just digging around. Isn't that interesting? And I could have appealed it, but I didn't. So don't tell me that if they're able to zero in on that, that they aren't able to pull little strings. Now, in this case, I've really made the podcast kind of bulletproof, but in in some ways, I think I unknowingly made it vulnerable. And I'll explain what I mean by that. One of the ways that I made the podcast bulletproof is to be purposefully not advertising or not selling anything. And by the fact that there's no commerce, 
They can't go after me for tax stuff. I don't even write off. I think one year I wrote off the podcast expenses. I don't even do that anymore. I don't even write off the expenses. I just, I pay the taxes on all because I don't want any aggravation, right? So with no commerce going on, it really limits the ability to regulate what I'm doing because it's, believe it or not, still on some level supposed to be kind of, sort of, this thing that we once called free speech. The minute you begin advertising, you run into a whole host of issues with all that, okay? Uh, and you could do probably a week's worth of podcast just on that. So you, th- you think this ESG nonsense, which I am going to be talking about later this week, God willing that it, it'll go out to people who hear it. I can self-host this uh, audio file on the website. And I could do Gab style where I could give you a little uh, three-step photos of how to basically create a shortcut to the URL and, and turn it into what appears to be an app. Not really an app. It's just a, a gateway that the URL, a shortcut button really is all it's acting as. But it would net you the same thing. And I think that's fine. Uh, maybe I need to start doing it as a backup. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Dejected, you know? Uh, and, I, and I've seen this come. Whatever ends up happening. Hopefully this is going to be a glitch. But like I said, I've heard about this in the past. I've heard people say, hey, I suck at emails. Hey, where, where's the podcast? And sometimes I've screw up. There's been enough of that for sure. <laughs> One little funny uh, trivia for you. If you're not a regular listener, maybe you wouldn't remember this anyway. But there was a time where I had a very convoluted system to number the podcasts, the digital files. And it wasn't the same as the episode number. You want to tell me why exactly we did that? I cannot tell you why. Whatever came up uh, that made me rationalize that is a good idea, I do not know. Now I can argue a little bit of leniency to say, hey, I, you know, I never did a podcast before. But wouldn't you think to say that you would just name the file? What's today? 1383. That's going to be the file name, 1383.mp3. Can you imagine the complicatedness? I don't know. So I had this other system, and I would get screwed up constantly. Anybody remember those days of posting the same podcast? People got frustrated. They're like, dude, like the first 18 times, you know, we were sympathetic, but now it's just getting old. So then I fixed that problem mostly. But I've made my mistakes. Uh, but this bit with the RSS, this, and this, so here's where I say that maybe I created vulnerability. So on one hand, I think I made the podcast very bulletproof by the conscious decision. That was part of the decision not to engage in any selling or anything like that, which I've weighed back and forth many times in different ways. But either way, that's where we're at right now. But I think I unknowingly uh, created a vulnerability in that they also know that there's little chance of any lawsuits. And even if there were, Little chance that it would yield much because there's no loss. Oh, what, Chris? Because your podcast didn't, it went out on Tuesday instead of Monday. And you think that this is an infringement on your First Amendment rights? You know, these podcast services, they have no legal uh, requirement to continue to allow those RSS feeds to come into their apps. People don't realize this. And in some ways, I kind of understand why that's necessary. 
there's got to be limits on it, or it would just become so chaotic, nobody, you couldn't use it. And you say, well, that's too bad, free speech. Is porn free speech? Uh, Andrew Torba, the owner of Gab, says no. Says it's not. I would tend to agree. But there are limits on it. And what are those limits? Well, it depends on the audience, right? I've said this a million times. So they're not obligated to push this stuff through. There's a little chance that there will be much. If anything, there'll be more controls, more regulation, not the other way, trust me. The, the, the wild, wild west of digital media is uh, slowly but surely vanishing. I guess you'll still have the ability to self-host stuff, but trying to find that stuff is going to be like a needle in a haystack because it won't be tied in with any of the, the structural architecture of the search engines and the indexing and stuff that, to be quite honest, I really don't know much about. Just enough to understand the format of how it works and how I'm getting screwed in this whole equation, basically. And, you know, let me just tell you this story. This, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a woe me kind of person. This isn't a woe is me, even though I am a little really depressed about it, I guess you'd say. I don't know. How to, uh, I'm beyond angry, if that makes sense. But, you know, I started the podcast on a whim. I listened to talk radio as a young child. I'm in the office chair today. You hear that? I know an annoying squeak. I'll try to stop moving. I just needed to kick back a little bit. I'm not in the studio chair. I apologize. Anyway, I started the uh, the podcast on a whim. I listened to, to talk radio as a kid. I always kind of in the back of my mind wanted to be a talk radio announcer. And... It just life took me on a much different course. I When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was very ambitious. I got these, there were books on tape programs, they called them back then. You'd buy, you'd get like this plastic binder, this folder, this big plastic case, and we'd have like 12 of these cassettes in there for this program, six or eight or 10 or whatever, however long the program was. And there was guys that you know, made money. And this was the early days of, self-help and personal development. And uh, it was very impactful for me at that time. I liked that stuff. I still do to some degree in different ways, I guess, different kind of material. And I've thought about producing more of that. My book, Be the Lion, which I think has sold uh, two and a half copies or something like that, uh, I think is great for young men. My son read it. That made it worth it to me. I've uh, given some away to uh, people that uh, have been great listeners and uh, known people that could benefit from the book. And so that was good. I enjoyed that. But there was always this influence of the spoken word, and I found it to be very fascinating. The character, the um, integrity of what was being said, and the knowledge and the perspective, I found it all to be very interesting. And, and, and like I said, the power of the spoken word that motivate people to think differently and and maybe even feel differently. It was always very intriguing to me. And so fast forward, I'm, uh, I would have been about almost uh, 45, 46 years old. And it was, it was five years ago, a little over five years ago now. And I went to breakfast with my brother. I hadn't seen him in a little while. He's a personal trainer. And uh, he says, you know, he's talking about a podcast he was listening to. And I said, you know, I keep hearing about these things. Uh, you know, how, how, how can I get them? He says, uh, you got an iPhone? I'm like, yeah. He says, they'll 
purple button there and get out. So I went home and I hadn't been listening to any talk radio in quite a few years. So I wasn't really driving much. You know, it's kind of the big thing with talk radio. You're driving, you're listening. If you're not driving, you're not listening and you're not getting that too much. And uh, so I wasn't driving. I wasn't listening to talk radio. Well, then I get the podcast. I'm like, oh, there's all the names. You know, not everybody broadcasts via podcast. Rush Limbaugh, for example, did not. Uh, but at that particular time, I'd had a little separating a ways with Mr. Limbaugh in terms of being a fan. I don't need to get into that right now. Uh, but either way, I fell, fell in love with podcasts. And I think within two weeks, um, I thought to myself, uh, I could do this better. I kid you not. I'm listening to Sean Hannity, Michael Savage, Glenn Beck. I don't know who else. And I'm thinking to myself, I could do a better, a better show. Why I felt that way, I don't know. Pure arrogance, quite frankly. A Marine veteran, you understand. And so, uh, but I wasn't going to be deterred by any uh, negative thoughts. <laughs> and I have some public speaking experience and have been collecting ideas for a long time. Well, anyway, uh, I pull out, I had looked into Blog Talk Radio back at the time. It was like the first uh, podcasting site. They didn't call it that. They called it Internet Radio. And the way it worked is you could very easily host the show. You just call this phone number and you were live. And, you know, it would be recorded and hosted there. And the audio quality is horrible, like AM, not even AM stereos, AM. You know, not the same, you know, not identical, but the same kind of quality level. And uh, I looked into it back in the day. It was like 10 years prior. You know, it was just searched around. Oh, I was, and, and I kind of had a whole folder. I mapped out the, the first shows and everything. And so I, 10 years prior to this breakfast with my brother. So I go to breakfast with my brother. I'm listening to podcasts. And after a couple of weeks, I'm thinking I could do it better. You know, I listened to books on tape for a couple of years. That makes me qualified, right? So uh, I take my, I think I had a Blackberry at the time. I, I feel like, no, I guess I had an iPhone. It couldn't have been because it, it was the purple podcast button. I'd switched to iPhone. It wasn't a black, wasn't that far back. And uh, so I, I record the first uh, podcast, if you will, uh, on my phone using the voice recorder app. And it, it was really uh, hideous. Uh, I think there was a lot of ums and ahs. And I know better just for some reason doing that recording. And so I deleted it, the first podcast. And I swore that I would never do that again, and I didn't. Uh, no, I never have. I guess I really can't confidently say never, ever, ever. I feel like I might have started a podcast or two and for whatever reason had to, to start over. But, you know, like two minutes in or something like that. But I always wanted it to be very authentic, and that was one of my commitments to keeping it authentic. It gets recorded, it gets put out there. So when you're running your mouth, just keep that in mind. And it was just kind of an accountability tool, if anything, for me in terms of remaining authentic. And I think it is something that's made the podcast different. But you know why I thought I could do it better? I thought I could do it better because I felt like the, the announcers, the broadcasters, were preaching and yelling at the audience. And I don't really feel like I've ever gotten too preachy. You correct me if I'm wrong on that, if there's anybody listening today. Uh, have I gotten too preachy? I don't think so. Have I been yelling and hollering? Eh, yeah. <laughs> kind of went through a little period after the election and got a little tense there. So whatever. Uh, that's something I just ref was reflecting on. But let me get back to the podcast and the censorship. 
So I start the podcast. I fell in love with it. I'm not going to go into the details of that. Let me get back on track with where I was going with this. My, I had some experience with internet marketing of businesses that I owned, all right? Specifically, I owned a property uh, that had some retail space, and in that retail space was a yarn shop, like knitting and crochet yarn. And uh, I was helping them sell yarn. I, you know, it's a crazy story. No, I didn't learn to knit or anything like that, but I was able to sell uh, a few hundred thousand dollars worth of this yarn. It's a fascinating story using Facebook ads at the time, okay? Targeting grandmas. And uh, it's a true story. And we also had a, a storage facility that I marketed using Google and search. I actually had a consultant that I worked with, so I didn't know anything about it back then. And I was focused on the real estate uh, side of the business. But because of that experience, um, consultants for both sides, by the way, I, I can't really take much of the credit for it. And, um, you know, uh, anyway, I, I learned a little bit about it, you know, going through those processes as I would kind of stay involved. And so when I started the podcast, my idea was to publish an audiobook, a free downloadable audiobook, a free sample, if you will, of the podcast. And uh, I wrote this little audiobook, Life, Liberty, uh, Life, Liberty, and Guns. And um, I created the whole audio, and it wasn't that great. I've looked back on it, uh, but it was kind of cool, I think. Had some cool perspectives on it. And then uh, I created all the artwork, the cover images, the ad images, the ad copy. I mean, I put some work into this. And, uh, you know, I had spent... Um, I don't know, probably $100,000 on Facebook ads through my account. Easily, easily. I think it was probably way higher than that, but I don't know, whatever it was. So I had this ad account. Um, and I start running ads for my podcast. And the ad account gets a permanent ban in, I don't know, less than two hours flat. No real explanation of why. Um it was just, you violated our terms of service, banned, done. All the data uh, from the other businesses and ads wiped out with, with no way to get to it. And I could go on and on about this, the evil business practices of Facebook. And back then, I predicted um, their downfall. There was other dirty things. I don't want to get too off track of Facebook, by the way. That company, nothing but a scam. It's just like this crypto thing going down. And people are going to wake up one day and they're going to, oh, I got scammed. And then you'll see what fingers they're pointing. But anyway, Facebook, big scam. I get, I get banned. Boom. So I was actually kind of happy because, you know what, I didn't want to feed that machine. I was like, you know what, it's going to force me to go a different direction. And I did. I went about 50 episodes with no direction. And there was really no listens at that time. It would be like 50 a day. And I used to have to like mend. I'm like, that's not bad. If you had 50 people show up at your house for an event, 50 people every day coming to listen to me. That's pretty amazing, right? I guess, but it didn't seem very amazing. So then I got the idea. I, I, I was tapping into the search engine optimization that I had learned through my storage business. And I had played around with some other things, too. And it worked. It worked. It worked really well. I did these single-topic single, single topic episodes back then. I followed the Dennis Prager Prager U model for content that was short. You know, some of the podcasts, 15, 18, 20 minutes. I would do like a longer one on Friday. I went quite a while doing that, and it really worked. Uh, there was a lot of veterans that I was able to get. I was talking about veterans topics. 
and uh, the podcast really soared. And then it really kind of leveled off. This is in the early days of the Trump presidency. And um, I would say in that last year leading up to the election, the podcast just exploded. And so did the shadow banning. I was at one point on Apple iTunes top charts for many months, by the way. And it's like the top 200 in your category. That's a high. If you think there's like, I don't know how many podcasts now, hundreds of thousands, literally. So to be in the top 200, that's doing something. And part of it was just the volume because I had studied their um, uh, 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 algorithm and, and understood how that worked a little bit. And part of it was the frequency and scheduling, and I was hitting that. And um, I think people were responding. I was, you know, asking people, if you like this podcast, please like and leave a review on Apple iTunes. And uh, don't waste your time now, quite frankly. It's a nice gesture. It really is. But I don't know that it accomplishes anything for me at this point, other than me appreciating it. Like it used to ask, hey, it actually helps grow the podcast. I can't honestly say that anymore. But anyway, uh, we were back. I was, I was one below Rachel Maddow. I was getting poised to overtake her. Then I get an email one day from a shady left-wing blog. Very popular, too. I don't even want to mention the name because you know what that leads to. And they were basically accusing me of black hat tactics in growing the podcast. And would I be interested in, in talking to them about it? And I said, um, there were no black hat tactics. This isn't exactly what I said. And I gave him a very brief version of what I just told you. And I said, um, however, my new book, Be the Lion, is coming out. And I actually, I forget the title. I think I'm pretty sure it was Be the Lion. And uh, I'd be thrilled to talk to you about that. And I didn't hear anything more about it. Well, within about 10 days... Things started to get weird <laughs> on the downloads and stuff. Surge and like overseas, like our audience was like 99.8 American. And then all of a sudden it was like 12% foreign. Weird, just strange stuff like that. Then, boom, we vanish from the top charts. And I don't know what order this was in. And it all took approximately, I don't know, I mean, it's all been going on now about three years. My social media accounts, and, and many people will tell you versions of the same, by the way. I, you know, I would put stuff out there and nobody would see it. Nobody. YouTube, it was the same. I had a surge. I, I did a little campaign trying to get listeners. Hey, check out that part. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. And people did it. Uh, I want to say we were up to like 10,000 subscribers. And then just one day logged on and it was like, 800 and now there's like 400 i think they're like dead accounts or something that they can't seem to delete i don't know all that evaporated and then along the way this bit about the rss feed not being fed out and then i get the email from youtube and it's just been never ending and i'm giving you the cliff note version at 23 minutes into this uh but you have to ask yourself looking at that you know how much longer is this going to go on before they just say it's not going to be allowed anymore. And even with, even sans that, I mean, how do I know? I just keep marching forward. But it gets frustrating. You know, I'm a 
veteran. I've been deployed to fight for, I was supposed to be for somebody's rights to something. I don't know. I really don't know anymore. And then I come back here and I can't run a, an ad because the title of the, of the audio has the word gun in it, presumably. This is what I learned from, from some of the people I check with. I, a Marine combat veteran, uh, naturalized United States citizen, never been accused, much less convicted of anything. I've always voted, always paid my taxes. Sometimes a little late, but, you know, those were tough times. <laughs> always paid my taxes, always done my civic duty, ran a, a youth football league, volunteer with our church. All these different, I'm not saying anything, I, you know, I'm not looking in for any thanks, any award. I'm just saying, look, I've been a, I've been a, a valuable member of this society. I've always been honest. I always try to do good things for other people. And then you're going to tell me that I, I can't even speak? That I can't say the word gun? Because what? Why? No explanation at all. No debate. No explanation. Now, like I said, these, these apps, they have the right to do that. And I, maybe it'll push it to the edge. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know what Alex Jones is doing with InfoWars. They're going to seize everything. I don't know what he's going to do for workout deal or whatever, but let me see if the website's still up on that. Because his podcast, uh, maybe that's what I need to do is go look at um, Infowars.com. Is it, let's see if it's even up anymore. Do you think they took it down? Yeah, it's still up. He's still selling supplements and stuff too. Back in stock. DNA Force Plus. Infowars. Would you buy your vitamins from Alex Jones? I'm just curious. Trump plans to announce 2024 intentions while Dems are laundering money and stealing elections in front of the entire country. So InfoWars, despite everything, let's see. Does he have a, I guess this maybe this is how I have to model things. I'm going to remake myself. Advertise with us? Affiliates? This is a, I didn't realize he was going this deep with all this. Do you know what affiliates are? It allows you to sell his. I'm gonna. What if I sell the uh, the Infowars uh, uh, vitamins? So this is a video, I guess. And uh, he's embraced this whole band thing. The most censored news broadcast in the world, but here it is, still on the internet, and apparently they can't stop that. I guess. As long as he's posting it on his own website. Interesting, right? Uh, I guess I'll look into that. I'm just going to have to put him right on the website. That's where this is going. I don't know. Interesting story, isn't it? It's not at all what I wanted to talk about today. Thanks for humoring me as my voice is still crackly. That was the free medical advice, by the way. He recommended... Uh, one, antibiotics. My daughter's taking antibiotics. Thinks maybe this is... Uh, well, he said go see the doctor and recommend the antibiotics. Um, I feel pretty much okay, I guess. Not the best. Uh, I've been out uh past three days. I haven't been doing any work on the homesteads, but I've been out hiking every day, which feels good. Um, just trying to, you know, kind of a low-impact kind of thing to keep moving. Because like I said, I, I kind of feel pretty much okay. Um 
I just had this nasal and then the, the coughing and this raspiness. Been over three weeks since the whole COVID thing. You know, it can turn to infections and things. Nasty virus, man. Nasty virus. So the topic that I really wanted to talk about today was this idea, this strategy of dividing and conquering. To divide and conquer, you've heard that. And what caught my eye was an article here from the American Thinker, which this is a headline that's in various forms been making its uh, rounds around the Internet. The American Thinker has a good positive, good conservative spin on this. The headline is uh, Poisoning Relations Between Trump and DeSantis. The article starts off, Trump and DeSantis are allies, not rivals. Now, you got to remember that. Uh, but I think that Trump has, uh, and, and I don't know that he has a choice, uh, but I feel like it's hurting him. The, 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 the old school wrestling way of doing things is kind of wearing thin in, in certain circles. And I think that Trump plays along with a lot of this. Right, well, he'll come out and say, "I don't know that Ron, you know, I'm not sure he graduated college like or whatever." You know what I mean? People are questioning is Ron ever kissed a man or you know whatever. He wouldn't say that, but I don't know what made me say that. But anyway, um, Trump plays it up. That was kind of my point that he's you know, what's the word? Not not even braggadocious, although he can be bragged bombastic. I don't know what you would say obnoxious, some people would say. And so he threw it there, oh, boo! Trump, he's not afraid to, oh, it's true. It's true, Ron never got out of the second grade. Look at him, barely four foot two. Whatever you want to say, he's never going to be over five foot. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Not very nice, is it? Kind of funny, though. See, that's my warped sense of, that's insensitive. And that's why we're being shadow banned. It's not like I'm like Alex Jones. It's just I say off-color things like that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I think that the Trump has, has run that kind of dry. But then you've got this media reporting on it, and it's just it's kind of hilarious. And then Trump leaves everybody guessing because you never know if he's being sarcastic or he's being serious. I don't know. But listen, either way, the media, the Democrats, the media, I guess you'd say, because the Democrats won't talk about Trump. They may have to, right, if he runs for office. But the media keeps beating this Trump. Oh, Trump, enemies, this, that, right? Keep driving this wedge between DeSantis and Trump. And, you know, even even in any circle, that can that can run thin. You know, people constantly be bombarding DeSantis. Hey, I heard you and Trump were having problems. No, 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 we're not and constantly defending that. And then you never know where you, when you're dealing with that in public circles, You've always got the one, oh, oh, you are big buddies. Oh, I should have known, huh? You know, he doesn't like Trump, whatever. I don't know. But it just gets you sucked in, and people get tired of that. All right? Uh, my question in this is, though, why aren't the Republicans doing it? In reverse, this dividing and conquering is really very effective. You know, the Democrats have driven the wedge hardest. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Because there's Republicans that are playing it too, but they've driven a real wedge between in, between into the middle of the Republican Party, separating the Trump loyalists and the Trump not. I didn't I didn't uh, cast my ballot for Trump loyalists or not. I voted straight Republican, and I think a lot of other people did as well. 
the media, the, the wedges that they drive, if you look at what they, they report, they show this graph. And I saw it in multiple circles, which means that it was pushed out from a central source, identical graph. And I don't know the exact numbers, but they would say, you know, uh, 80% of the black population voted Democrat. Okay. Somehow it's not legal uh, to study, you know, like the handgun demographics and race, but you can for voting, which is interesting, right? You can't speak to the death rate or homicide rate from blacks, but you can strongly say that they support the Democrat Party. So, and how do they even know that? Polling data, I guess, that whatever you fill out on your uh, voter ID, right? So anyway, they say yeah, 80% of the blacks, black people voted for, for Democrats. And uh, and uh, 83% of uh, voters, eighteen between 18 and 26 or whatever it was. And, um, and uh and 58% of all women and 89% of black women. And so what happened? And the only reason that the Republicans got what they got is because of old white men. And it's just unreal to me, the open and blatant racism. And the part that they don't tell you, they act like it's like old white men, you know, sitting around, the, I guess, some kind of seance, waving incense or something with, with hoods over their heads, uh, making the decisions for everybody, right? Are you kidding me? A white guy can't get a break these days. It's so funny. Even Kanye and and, and Chris Rock are talking about it. Like, ah, white dudes are screwed. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah, good times. But yet they want you to believe that it's old white men. And then, and I was watching MSNBC. I took told you was relaxing. You should have heard them right there on TV. Don't blame black people for this mess. <laughs> Don't blame women. Don't blame the Asians. There's only one group, old white men. You still just beat up on them. But it's not even about the beatings. They don't care. Just dividing that wedge. Right? Black people, you can't trust those white men. Don't do it. Especially ones with orangish skin. Kamala, she's going to be your next president. Why can't Republicans turn around and do it? Well, they can if they wanted to. I don't know that they want to. I don't know that they very much try. I believe there are tactics that could be employed. But the media is liberal controlled. And you have a difficult time doing that. But there is. There's been a failure uh, of the RNC leadership. And I don't know if you've seen it going around, but there's this uh, uh, complaining about, uh, what's her name, Rhonda. Um, it's McDaniels. What's uh, uh, um Romney McDaniel. I don't know what her t- is. It, she have ties with uh, Mitch Romney. I don't know who's worse. Is it, Mitt, is it Mitt, Mitt Romney and Mitch McConnell? I'm getting the two confused. Mitch McConnell sitting back and not saying a word while the state of Arizona takes 14 years to count the votes is unreal. Unreal. He just sits there and doesn't comment on it. How about this crypto story? Well, you think he would come out with so much as a tweet? Maybe he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just haven't heard about it. So much as a tweet that we need to seriously take a look at campaign finance violations, that there was taxpayer money that was ultimately funneled back to campaigns and nobody's even calling for an investigation when you know you're going to take control of the House? 
Who is Mitch McConnell working for? And this splitting of the Republican Party, it happened a long time ago. I was telling a friend of mine, he said, I voted Republican because I feel like it's you know, the closest thing to my ideology. But, uh, you know, quite frankly, I wasn't happy with the candidates here in Pennsylvania. I said, what ideology? What ideology? Who, what, these people that speak, what, what is the Republican confession of faith? What is this conservative values that some people feel so strong about? They don't even know what it says. But here's a bigger point. You say, what do you, what do you, okay. This is one of those, you know, trick questions. I get it. Forget about that. How about the politicians themselves, the candidates? There's, I told you, I was looking into running. There's nobody, not one time asked me, how long have you been a Republican? Nope. Are you even a Republican? Nobody even asked me. I divulged in a meeting at one point I wasn't registered. Oh, then they bought, oh, you better get registered. I don't know if I want to now. <laughs> Just because you said so. You know what the only question, they didn't say what? What do you think about the Second Amendment? Nope. What are your feelings on the First Amendment? Nope. What are, your, what are your feelings about the national debt? Nope. What are your feelings about the board? Any of these issues? Nothing. Zilch. Nada. Not generally, not specific, none of it. You know what the one and only question, the single question, now I'm being dramatic. I feel like Rachel Manco. The one question, I can't do her voice. She does a lot of lead up. She's good with that. The one question that Republicans ask their potential candidates. How much money have you raised? It's a fact. I was warned about it. I, I said I couldn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I didn't fully believe it until I saw it myself. Unbelievable. Divide and conquer. It's a tactic. Fair game. All's fair in love and war and politics. Gotta check this story out. Beto O'Rourke achieves rare trifecta of political defeats. What did he go for? Rep, uh, state, uh, representative, right? House of Representatives. Then he went uh, senator and then uh, against uh, what's his name there and then governor. He just worked his way right up. Never won any of them. Uh, so much money that was thrown at this guy. And you have to ask yourself, <laughs> he just talked the line. It's a, a terrible sales pitch. I heard this story here. This paints the whole picture for this, how we're getting ripped off. You know, It's like too easy. Too easy. What was the scam? This woman saw a thing. How to make uh, double your investment income or something like that. She clicks on this thing, fills out a form. Next thing you know, she's, quote, investing with these guys. Then she wants to cash out, and, of course, they stop taking her calls. Like, this goes on every day. And she was talking about how they're giving her these reports and the values going up, 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 up. Um, and they were telling her, you got to get, you know, she's putting in 10000 15000 Older woman, you hear these stories. And I, I hear this whole thing. I'm like, how could you be so stupid? How could you be so stupid? Speaking of stupid, I don't want to say stupid because it's my brother, so I'll say foolish. My Bernie Sanders-loving liberal loony brother. He delivers bread for a living. He sends me a text. Hey, you're not going to believe this. I found a bag at work. I brought it home. I looked inside. There's a gun and ammunition. I said, are you out of your mind? I said, are you kidding with me? He says, no. He says, what you? I said, you got to report it to the police immediately. Which I'm hoping he did. I haven't heard back from this a couple of days ago. But I said, I said, text him back. I said, this is where you and I are very different. I see a, an unattended bag. I run. You take it home with you. I don't get it. Very different, right? What are you going to do? I'll see you tomorrow, hopefully.